Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sacred Language Podcast. Um, as promised, we're going to be going over movies on every episode of the podcast this year. And what better way to start the year than with one of my favorite movies, Spider-Man. This movie was released in May of 2002. I was four years old. It's directed by Sam Raimi. It has a 73 on Metacritic, an average of 3.7 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd. And it was nominated for two Oscars for Best Sound and for Best Visual Effects. Um, I'm just going to say, I absolutely love this movie. I think it's so much fun. 2002 was a time when we did not have this kind of formula for making superhero movies. I mean, superhero movies had been made. You had, you know, Batman starring Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton and George Clooney. And then you had these Superman movies. And that was really about it. We didn't have a ton of other superhero films prior to uh, the 21st century. At this time still, we hadn't really come up with a formula or a, a visual style or really, we just had no real uh, solid way on how these movies were to be made. And um, that allowed for directors to be really creative, which is sometimes really great and sometimes uh, not so great. But on the flip side, it, it means that all the movies don't look the same, they don't feel the same, they're all unique. Um, if you were to go and watch Daredevil, which is also a Marvel movie, it came out a year later than Spider-Man, it came out in 2003, that movie looks way different, it has a way different tone, it just it feels unique and set apart, which is really just kind of neat, it's kind of a thing that I find interesting about these movies. For those of you that do not know, or have for some reason never seen Spider-Man, uh, Kind of the synopsis is that after being bitten by a genetically altered spider, nerdy high school student Peter Parker is endowed with amazing spider powers and becomes the amazing superhero known as Spider-Man. So, everything about this film has a very uh, 2002 vibe to it, from from the music that's played to the way the characters dress. Uh, just everything about it is, you know, it... it feels like a movie that's almost 20 years old. And that's because it is a movie that's almost 20 years old. And, and because of that, um, it can be a little corny. Like I said, there wasn't this formula for making superhero movies yet. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't quite have it figured out. So Sam Raimi made them kind of based on the way other superhero movies had been made, based, you know, purely on comic books. And, and it was corny. Man, it was, it was full of all kinds of goofy stuff. But that's not necessarily bad. That's actually one of the things I really love about this movie is that, like, you can laugh at it, and at the same time it has these really excellent themes and ideas that run through it that that are really beautiful and really well told and makes the story a lot of fun to watch. Um, some of the corny stuff, there's, there's really weird, um, really funny takes. Like, um, there's, there's a point when the Green Goblin throws this bomb and it, vaporizes people into skeletons and they turn into skeletons and like crumble into dust or there's like a just a random scene where a skull just kind of like flashes up on the screen like just random weird crap I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of funny but you know it's it's enjoyable it's still fun and light-hearted um I talked about the movie looking like and feeling like a film that came out in 2002 and uh there's just some, like, the way that things look that, you know, doesn't age super well. You know, everyone looks like, you know, like the way that the kids are dressed in the high school is 
a lot of like double layered polo shirts with the collars popped like really funny looking stuff um i think the spider-man suit looks pretty good i mean spider-man's a little bulky he's he's a little jacked which is which is fine but not usually the way spider-man looks um but if there's one thing that like the design department on this film did right it's the green goblin i mean he looks fantastic um in fact i mean spider-man no way home just came out a couple weeks ago and I really think that if they had decided to keep the exact same character design, uh, it would look just as good now as it did back in 2002. Uh, which says a lot. Like, it's a character that was designed to look cool and to look, you know, a certain way in 2002. For that to still look good and still look awesome 20 years later, um, that's just super impressive. That's really a difficult thing to do. Um, the glider looks amazing. It's got this cool aerodynamic look but it's also scary and it, it looks great i think the the green goblin costume looks good like the the kind of metallic green looks great um but but best of everything best of all is the helmet the little mask that he wears it looks fantastic it's it's scary enough and it's got this perfect face on it like every, everything about that design just holds up it just looks great now. It looked great then. Um, there are two things, maybe, that I dislike about it, which which isn't even big things, but like overall, pretty awesome. Um, I don't like how you can see through the mouth. Like it's got this like kind of mesh thing over it, like you see on like a mascot's, you know, head, so you can like see the actor's mouth moving underneath it, which is like fine. I get it. Like you can't, you couldn't record any sound at all without it but turns out they didn't use most of the sounds so like whenever goblins making these noises like the mouth is just like still closed and you can see it which is kind of funny and there's a scene where spider-man and the green goblin are talking very casually and and the and the yellow eyes flip up into the top of the helmet like a visor which I, i'm not a huge fan of like it's not bad but I don't like it, because then you can see Willem Dafoe's eyes behind the mask. Uh, it works for the scene, because he's being very honest, and he's, like, speaking on an even level. They're not, like, combatant in this conversation. And so it's, like, tearing back that layer a little bit to be, like, more man-to-man -man with this conversation. But uh, it definitely takes away from the look of the helmet. Um, apart from that, like, the Green Goblin looks fantastic. Uh, and let's not forget that um, Willem Dafoe puts on a fantastic performance. I mean, he's he's a really great actor, but then you put him in this role where he kind of gets to be bipolar, where he gets to have conversations with himself, and he gets to kind of flip from neutral to evil back and forth. I mean, it's it really fits his acting style really, really well. It makes him really fun to watch on screen. I mean, he's he's so good. Um, it's got a great cast of characters. It it just does a lot of things really, really well. I think Tobey Maguire is good. I like him as Spider-Man. I like him as Peter Parker. Uh, Norman Osborn, obviously, is fantastic as a character, but also played by Willem Dafoe. What more could you ask for? Um, Kirsten Dunst as MJ. Uh I got nothing bad to say about it necessarily. 
Um, I mean, I grew up, I was four years old when this movie came out, and so I just thought, yeah, she's she's cool, she's attractive, whatever, like, whatever. Um, as an adult, I don't think she puts on a bad performance. I think it makes sense that a guy like Peter Parker would be into a girl like MJ. That's, you know, that's fine. Um, it all makes sense. James Franco playing Harry Osborn, I also really like. I think he, he plays that character kind of well. He's kind of stuck up, but he's he can be really honest and vulnerable at times. Like, he... I really don't think there's anything to dislike about these films. That's one of the things about me that um, just has become really apparent, that I, I just love these movies really unapologetically. I, I don't dislike them in any way. I think they're a lot of fun. The story's told well. Like, just they're, they're just fun. Like, I just really enjoy them. Um, I gave this film four out of five stars, which puts me uh, a little bit higher than most people. A little higher than average on how much I, I like this movie and how much I enjoy it, how good I think it is. So that's kind of my score. Um, if for some reason you haven't seen this movie, I'm about to get into some spoilers, some things that I really like about it, things that I think really make it stand out from other Spider-Man movies, more importantly from like other just superhero movies. So if, if you've not seen it, maybe skip forward a bit until I talk about something not Spider-Man. But that's, that's been your warning. So one of the things that I really love about these Sam Raimi Spider-Man films is that they are thematically excellent. They, they take these themes that are just really fantastic, that, that really make the film stand out. Like, there's just something that's really interesting about them. And I think for a character like Spider-Man... Um, the best stories that you can tell with that character are the the Peter Parker versus Spider-Man story, where Peter Parker is his own person. He's a student. He's you know trying to pursue a girl, whether it be Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. Um, he he's like his own person. But then Spider-Man is a job that Peter Parker does, and like those two parts of his life are constantly kind of being torn apart and put back together. You know, it's a uh, it's really interesting because you compare that with other superheroes. Like Clark Kent is, he is Superman. Like Clark Kent is like his day job. Superman is who he is. It's the same thing with like Captain America. You know, Steve Rogers doesn't do anything besides be Captain America. That's his job. But like Peter Parker has his own personality outside of being Spider-Man. He has his own desires and things that he wants to do outside of being Spider-Man. And so the best Spider-Man stories tell the Peter Parker story and the Spider-Man story and kind of make the character choose which one is which. And there are a lot of ways you can do that. You can be very like upfront about it, but this film chooses to be a little more subtle. And I really liked that. I think it was really great if you were paying attention to the dialogue and to the way the film is structured and set up, that if you pay attention, then you can really see some excellent stuff in there. And, and the way that the film chooses to do this, the way it chooses to tell the Spider-Man story versus the Peter Parker story, is through the use of repeated lines. And so what I mean by that is a character will say something to Peter Parker, and then the same character, or maybe even a different character, will say that same line to Spider-Man. Or uh, on the other side of it, like Peter Parker will say a line, and then he'll say that same thing as Spider-Man to maybe the same character. 
And so they kind of have opposite, uh, opposite effects. So for example, what, what makes this really interesting before I jump into it, what makes this really interesting is that when Peter Parker says the same thing as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man, then it's kind of showing that, no, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Spider-Man is who he is because Peter Parker is under the mask. Like, it's not just anyone. It, it has to be him. And so when he says the same thing, it kind of unifies Peter Parker and Spider-Man together. Um, a good example of that is things that he says to Mary Jane Watson. So uh, Peter Parker says to her, do you trust me? And then later on, uh, as Spider-Man, he says, you know, do you trust me? He, he figures that out, right? He, he's saying, do you trust me? And um, I was just in the neighborhood. And that's him as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man proving to himself, not necessarily to MJ, she hasn't figured it out yet, but at least proving to himself that he is the same person with and without the mask, with and without his powers. He is the same guy. It's almost as if he can continue to be Spider-Man and Peter Parker at the same time, if he can just find the right, you know, work-life balance, if you will. But it proves to be really difficult, and a good way of showing that is how characters will repeat the same lines to Peter Parker as they do to Spider-Man. Uh, there are two really good lines and two great instances of characters saying the same thing to Peter Parker as they do to Spider-Man. And this, this goes to kind of tear the two parts of Peter's life apart, because on the one hand, things seem so carefree and unimportant when things get said to Peter Parker. It's like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But when it's said to Spider-Man, it carries a much heavier, weightier, even, you know, life and death almost kind of connotation. And so these lines really, really play on that theme. Um, one of them is when, uh, um, one really great example of this is when Norman Osborn and Harry Osborn both say the lines, thank God for you, Peter. Um, and these come at two fairly climactic moments in the film. Um, Spider-Man and Green Goblin's final confrontation. Um, Norman Osborn has his mask removed and he's, he's speaking to Peter Parker and he's, he's trying to kind of like lull him into this false sense of security. And he says, thank God for you, Peter, as he's getting ready to try to impale him, you know? And he's, he's kind of playing this game, trying to, to lull Spider-Man into this trap. And, uh, you know, obviously that ends up backfiring and things kind of go kind of sour. And, um, you know, fast forward a little bit. Um, at, at the funeral, Harry is, you know, obviously devastated. His father's been killed by Spider-Man. He's full of this vengeance and rage. And, and he says to Peter Parker, he goes, thank God for you, Peter. Because Peter's there to support him. And he says, you know, I, I know what you've been through. I lost my Uncle Ben. All these things are kind of coming together. And, um, you know, Harry's leaning on Peter now. And he says, thank God for you. Which can only stand out in Peter's mind that that's, that's what his father had said to him. That he was trying to kill him and not actually being thankful for Peter. Um, another great example of this happens practically immediately after Norman Osborn says, thank God for you, Peter. Um, you know, the, the glider comes through, Spider-Man does a backflip over it, Norman Osborn gets impaled, and um, Norman's last words are, don't tell Harry, and you know, he like collapses over the end of his glider. Um, earlier on in the film, Mary Jane 
tells Peter, hey, don't tell Harry, because she's not actually an actress. She's working as, as a waitress, and things are not going so well. And so she's trying to, you know, kind of hide from Harry, her boyfriend at the time, that, you know, she's not as successful, she's not an actress, and things are not going as well for her as she kind of says that they are. And she's, you know, kind of like, hey, don't tell Harry, you know, I really don't want him to know that things aren't going super well for me. And, and that same line seems pretty carefree, not very heavy. It's just kind of whatever, as, as it goes for uh, MJ and Harry. But when Norman says that to Peter, it's, it's because he's covering up, he wants Peter to help cover up the fact that he is the Green Goblin, this, this villain, this horrible person. And it, it goes to show how incredibly different the two sides of Peter Parker's life really are. And um, I think that's fantastic. I think it's super well done. Spider-Man 2 has this great theme of, you know, failure to be the hero. This, you know, Spider-Man can't be Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3 is a film about forgiveness and uh, letting things go. And, like, that's really excellent. And I think that's something that these Sam Raimi-era Spider-Man films do really, really well. Is that they're just thematically brilliant. They're well-written. They're well-executed. They're just fun. They're wonderful, wonderful films. Um, You should watch it. I think, you know, go check this film out form your own opinion, enjoy it, you know, uh, I think it's really, really fun, I gave it four stars, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are about it, get a hold of me, it'd be great. So that kind of wraps up Spider-Man for this episode, um, there's some other things I'd like to go over just because, uh, Happy New Year, you know, it's it's officially 2022, things are exciting, um, I've made some New Year's resolutions for the year that are generally very similar to ones that I made last year. Um, I'd like to watch a hundred films that are new to me, which last year I blew that out of the water. I hit like 170 almost, so hitting a hundred should be easy to do again. Um, I'd like to run another Ragnar. I'd like to run a marathon. I did not run a marathon last year, so this is one I've really got to do this time. One, there, there are two new ones really for me. Uh, one of them is I'd, I'd like to journal every day, just to start my morning with a little bit of writing, just to kind of help center me, get me focused, ready for what's coming on during the day. That would be uh, something that's really excellent, good for me. And another one is I'd like to take one photo every day. That sounds pretty insignificant, kind of no big deal, but people do those like one second a day videos and like they you know put them together for a whole month and like they're really kind of cool to watch to get like a snippet of each and every day just kind of thrown together in this this fun little like kind of collage of sorts. Um, I don't really want to do videos. I don't know why, but it's just not really my thing. But I have this new camera. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to take one photo on film every day for the entirety of this year? And I could, you know, then go at the end of the year and compile these all together. And it's like, this is what my life looks like. And I think there's something about it that really just kind of stands out because film is so um, mysterious in a way. Like, you could take that video, it's like, oh, that didn't turn out right, do it again, do it again, until you get, like, the perfect shot. But with the film camera, it's you, you take your picture and you're like, well, maybe it looks good, maybe it doesn't, and there's something kind of raw and uh, untapped. Like, it's it's imperfect. Like, there's something really fun that I like about shooting on film. So I'd like to do that for the year and then I can compile those together and like create this little maybe photo book of like, this is what my year looked like in 2022. 
I think it'll be fun. It should be a cool idea. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this afternoon, I watched the Watford-Tottenham game from New Year's Day. Um, and I gotta say, I I thought things were going to go really well. We we held them to a draw in the first half. At the end of regular time, we're still we're still drawing it nil nil. I'm like, perfect. We'll we'll get a draw. We'll get a point. We'll finally score our first clean sheet. We're the only team in the Premier League at this date that hasn't recorded a clean sheet. Like it's it's horrible. We've conceded a goal in every single game. And due to a medical emergency in the stands at the towards the end of the game, eight minutes were put on of extra time. Like that's that's a lot of extra time at the end of the game. And um unfortunately, in the ninety sixth minute, uh Tottenham score on a on a free kick. And uh I was kinda set stunned. I mean I was I was pretty angry, I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to scream, I wanted to, to punch a pillow, I just I was really upset that it kinda went that way. Um Watford have having have had a pretty rough run of games for the past several games. Um, there have been some really excellent performances, and then there's been some moments of, like, absolute garbage. So it's been really hard and really, really challenging for me to watch these games sometimes to to know that, you know, th- things are not good. We're sitting 17th, which is uh, as low in the table as you could possibly get without getting relegated. So, like, technically, we're still afloat right now, but, man, we <laughs> things are not looking good. Things are... Looking a little bleak. Things could go south for us very quickly. Uh, the Africa Cup of Nations happens earlier this, later this month in January. So we're losing several of our players to go play for their national teams. We've got injuries. COVID is tearing the whole league apart right now. Like, I, I'm very anxious for what comes next for the remainder of the season. So hopefully Watford stay afloat. It's ultimately not that big of a deal. It's just a game. It's just sports. It's nothing to get upset about, but man, I really hope, (laughs) I really hope that, you know, Watford can stay up. That'd be really cool. Um, there's that, um, this podcast while I was recording it was actually interrupted by uh, a phone call from my parents. Um, both of my younger sisters decided they wanted to get baptized today. And so that's, that's been just the best part of my day. It's going to be the best part of my week. I mean, it's fantastic. What more could you ask for? So I got to take a break from recording and go, go sit on the couch and FaceTime with my family and watch my sisters get baptized. So, um, praise God. Things are great. It's, it's a great start to the year. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? Second day of the year, both your sisters get baptized. Things are, things are looking great. Things are very good. So I think that's all I've got. That's, that's all I've got to talk about for this week. Um, Spider-Man, fantastic film. Check it out. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. If you have a film that you'd like, that you'd recommend, that you want me to watch and talk about, uh, hit me up on Instagram. We are on Instagram at the Secret Language Pod. Pretty easy to find. Uh, same logo as you'll see on your on your pod browser right there. Um, check me out on Letterboxd. You'll see these extended reviews of these films and and all the films that I watch on Letterboxd. My my username is J underscore Arthur 20, the two zero. Um, I, I use that all the time. It's probably my most used social media account. So go check that out. Um, Bryce Bridgman does our graphics. Music is by Ezra Glenn. And uh, this is done because you guys enjoy it and because I enjoy it. So 
hit me up. Let me know if you enjoy it. If there are any things that you'd like me to add to the show, I'm happy to take recommendations because, you know, this is a, a time of regrowth and rebirth for this podcast. So let's let's do it right. Um, got some exciting things planned here in the future. I've already got next week's film picked out. There'll be some uh, clues, some hints on, on Instagram in the coming days. I've got a cinephile surveys in the hatch that I'm probably going to record later this week. That'll be fun. So sit back, enjoy your life. Happy New Year. Watch some films. Let me know what you think. And until next week. Up, up and